The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, happy Tuesday to you. We've got a Presidential Medal of Freedom to discuss. <laughs> We've got uh, the Byron Nelson coming up in uh, in Kyle in your neck of the woods. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Some Tuesday trivia and then later on the show, Sean Martin. Um, before we get to all that, Kyle, are you going to venture over to the uh, to the course for any of the action this weekend? I I don't know. I, I went last year. It was really hot last year, and it's and it's kind of a wide open course. Uh, it was not. It wasn't the greatest uh, like in person experience. And I think I think the weird thing about golf, and I think that people maybe don't like people that I talk to are like, oh, do you go to every tournament? And it's like, man, a lot of times it's so much easier to watch it on TV, which is the great irony of being like twenty miles from this tournament, right? Is right. That, Sometimes it's just easier to watch and cover on TV because it's the one sport where not everything is in front of you if you're at the event. You know, if if you're at a basketball game, if you're at a football game, everything unfolds in front of you and it's just it's different in golf. So it's kind of kind of weird. Yeah, and and sometimes, you know, like uh people tell me all the time it's like, "Oh my gosh, you're right beside Duke and UNC. Do you go to all the games?" It's like, "No. Well, sometimes seeing, you know, Duke beat Georgia Tech by 15 isn't really going to be worth the the professional trip and, and you know to watch Keith Mitchell run away with this thing by seven strokes I, I don't know <laughs> I, I don't know if it's that's I don't know if that's going to be where it's at I don't know is is that your pick no 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 <laughs> but I, I mean, did I did find myself like, going through the uh going through the field and I was like oh okay all right this is uh you could, you could get like 26 under winning I mean, it's just, I've played the course. It's so, it can be so easy if it's not windy. And the last couple of days, Chip, have been like 70, no wind. I mean, it's just like, guys could shoot 62 every day. Brooks might. I know. Yeah, we've got, we've got a lot to get to. Let's, let's do start with... Uh, Back at our nation's capital where Tiger Woods received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Um, this was something. He becomes the fourth professional golfer to receive this honor. He joins many others from throughout sports history to receive this honor. There is, um, I think, the the way that I'm, I'm approaching this is to go through and look at the other sports stars that have uh, received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Like... Yeah, like Michael Jordan received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, so right. it, it truly is for excellence within your own field. Uh, I didn't really feel the need to stretch it or or try to 
uh, wrestle with what it means for Tiger's legacy just because when you compare him to the others who've received this honor, based on what he's done already to this point in his career, he would meet whatever abstract non-existent criteria exists. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, whatever. Like, I, I don't, I don't care whether he, like, he, he was probably always going to get it and probably always should have gotten it. The timing is weird, right? Like, and not just the timing of receiving it, but the timing of it being announced. Didn't Trump announce it like a day after the the Masters? Well, was it was it just like that? I think it. I think it was, and I think it, it it just felt like it felt very like reactionary in in the moment. Like, oh, we're gonna do this huge thing that's only happened to thirty two other athletes, you know, just because Tiger won the twenty nineteen Masters, and it's like, can we get to the FedEx playoffs first? Like, can we can we close that out in twenty nineteen? The whole thing just felt like very like. I don't, I don't well, know. How, how about rush. this for perspective? It's it's hosting season there, right? Like they just had the Baylor women's basketball team. They threw out the invite to the Virginia team. The Virginia team declined. Like it is it is put out the the Big Macs, the McDonald's. It it is the the hosting season right now for for sports in the White House. Best I can tell. The Big, the Big Macs. Uh, so the the only the thing that I was thinking about as I watched, I, I don't know how much you caught. It was basically. Michael Bamberger wrote on golf.com that it was essentially like Trump reading Tiger's Wikipedia page, which was, which was both true and hilarious. But, um, the only thing I could think was uh, going back. So the first major I covered was 2015 chambers. The first major I covered in person was 2015 chambers Bay. Uh, Tiger shoots an 80 on Thursday, tops a ball on 18 into a bunker. Like hits a, hits a, top with a three wood doesn't even get it off the ground and if i would have told you after that round hey in less than four years before the 2019 u.s open tiger woods will be awarded the presidential (laughs) medal of freedom from president donald trump in the rose garden after winning the masters you'd have been like what are you talking about i get it. it this was an idiocracy this is the idiocracy prequel right yeah Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I know. Like, that's like that's the thing that I was I was thinking about, and I don't know. It was cool to see Tiger was way like out of his world, and um, he was kind of emotional. It's kind of cool to see. I kind of liked it. Um, he he has that you know, and it's the continued storyline. It's something that it's it's a message and it's a narrative that I I will admit he continues to push uh, across, and probably because. There's some amount of truth to it across multiple interviews, uh, still weeks and weeks after the win. But this is a little bit for him, or at least it is being positioned as such that, it, yeah, this is about me. But like, this is about me and my family. You know, he's got his mom up there, he's got his kids up there. Like, there's it is, uh, it is very much like the, um, the the Woods family tour right now. Yeah. Well, and and it's weird because it's almost like you can see him feeling these emotions like even after the masters and and when he was up there yesterday but you can also see him thinking like oh this is what emotion feels like (laughs) because because for so long it felt like he just and and i get why he did this It, it just feels like he just like completely shut himself off emotionally 
And and I think there are like legitimately good reasons for that. Some of them I, I think were not good. But that's fascinating to see somebody who's that age sort of like start to understand some of the emotions that go along with just like being a normal human, which he's never really been. I think that part of it is 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 like and I don't know if he could ever like truly put that into words and I have no idea what you know obviously what that feels like but I think that part of it is is super intriguing um from some some news to more of a viral item uh the KPMG Women's PGA Championship Media Day was in Minneapolis and uh KPMG a a primary sponsor for Phil Mickelson Phil Mickelson shows up. He's he's gonna talk to the reporters. He's gonna have some fun. And oh my gosh, Kyle, he's hitting home runs. I'm I'm very dubious of this video. Did you watch it? Let's see. You're dubious because it's low quality. Yeah, it's low quality. Everybody acts like he hit one out. That is the swing he takes on this is not of someone who just hit a home run. And like Major League Baseball parks are really big for people who don't who like don't play baseball regularly like they're huge this video was and shot it, on a blackberry yeah it might have <laughs> it was like an iphone 4 yes i i i have a lot of questions i i uh i don't think phil actually hit a ball out of the park Woo! and now we're gonna go to college baseball expert kyle porter kyle says his <laughs> swing does not represent that i'll i'll say that he probably hit it foul a, a wood bat come on <laughs> like if if it's metal okay maybe but you know they served like, him up a meatball like you know they feels, just put it right there for him feels almost 50 325 325 yeah. kyle <laughs> 325 no. i'm out it's a great video though phil <laughs> phil went from like so when he first got on twitter everybody was freaking out like this is going to be awesome and then it was like not awesome for a couple of weeks or months especially like the 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 match stuff and now for the last i don't know six weeks or two months it's been awesome again so i'm whoever whoever's ideas those are whoever's running that i'm in it's been great um I think that he had the extra speed and strength to uh, to lay into that because he missed two days at the Wells Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> Much easier to go yard when you're not uh, when you're not having to take on Quail Hollow Golf Club for two extra days after missing the cut. It's true. Um, all right, and in this weekend's action, we got Tony Romo playing, and he will be in the field. In the field. Yeah, like he's he's playing the event. Sponsors exemption, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh he got a sponsor exemption. Doug Gim, who played at Texas mm-hmm. and uh was a finalist in the in the USAM a couple years ago. Uh he got a sponsor's exemption. And actually did he win the USAM at Riviera? Let's see. I, think he, I, I know him I know he ended up playing in the Masters, so he was in the finals. I can't remember That was that incredible where, finish, right? Yeah, I think I think that was the one that um, that Doc Redman beat Doug Gim. Yes, I think that is correct. Doc Redman played well at Quail Hollow last week, but yeah, the Romo thing, him being in the field at at Byron Nelson, I I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's like, okay, I I get it. I I just I don't know. Like I I guess I just don't really know why. 
Like, wh- what is he? Like, is it to attract fans? Is it like what's the? I don't know. I don't get it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of out on it. I guess. Woo! Not like I'm not like mad about it right but i'm sort of like i just don't uh, i mean the him being in like a web event you're like okay like i get that like he's a he's a really big name in a in a pool of names that maybe aren't that big but it's like hey we got we got jordan spieth and brooks kepka and, and patrick reed and the and hideki in the field this week do we do we need romo i i don't know like that's the part of it that i'm not totally sure about correct me if i'm wrong 150 plus player field yeah, 156. Yeah, nah, Romo can be there. Just don't sponsors exemption him all the way to the weekend so that Jim Nance can gush about him. <laughs> like <laughs> he gets a sponsors exemption into Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This yeah, it is it's a wide open enough field that I if you're just going to throw him in there, that's fine. Uh I'm not going to call shenanigans uh, unless all of a sudden it's like and so it's going to be the uh you know, top 70 players to miss the cut and Tony Romo. <laughs> or to, to make the- <laughs> have you seen that commercial where he's putting and the hole is oversized it's a sketchers commercial he's uh yeah. talking about how comfortable they are yeah as long as the cup that he has to put in at trinity <laughs> forest isn't like from the sketchers commercial i'm fine dude i i think he's gonna shoot some good score it's not a, it's it's a it's not a hard course like it's not it's not difficult he's gonna like, get I, 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 I mean, I certainly don't think he's going to make the cut, but I think he, I think like when you, like if you just pull up his scorecard, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I bet he shoots 72, 78. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I think he'll be better than that. I think he'll shoot like 70, 74. Is that going to be good enough to make the cut? Or do you really believe the 2400 is about to win this thing? No. So last year the cut was, uh, the cut was four under. Wow. So, but then the worst, the worst player in the field last year shot, uh, well, David, are we counting David Duvall? No. He was in the field. So next worst was this guy named Brian Norman. He shot 76, 75. Sworn enemy of Kyle Porter, David Duvall. (laughs) I I always forget about it. And so every time you bring it up, it makes me laugh. (laughs) Um, uh, All right. Trivia time. Chips on the hot seat. Yeah, I got a, I got three of them for you. They'll be quick. How many appearance? What what appearance is this for Jordan Spieth at the Byron Nelson? And what what place on the leaderboard do you think his best finish ever is? I think it's his second, and I think his best finish is like thirtieth. Wait, you think this is his second appearance at the Byron Nelson? Yeah, ever. Is it? All right, I might have, I might have had this. Do I, is this the one, the first one that he broke through when he was really, really young? Yes. Oh, okay, let me back. Right, let me let me hard back on that. Uh isn't there another Texas tournament that he had actually doesn't play in that often? Well, he won Colonial. He won the uh, I don't know what it's called now, Charles Schwab at Colonial, the Fort Worth tournament. Gotcha. Um, I'm gonna say it's his fifth appearance and that his best finish was in that debut his best finish was in that debut he finished 16th and this is his ninth byron nelson appearance because he started at 15 years old right or 16 he's, years old. he's like 25 how has he played in nine of these because he's 
He's Texas's favorite son. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> Tony Romo is going to, yeah. Tony Romo will have played in nine, I guess, like eight years from now, apparently. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but his, he has not matched his best finish. Maybe that was the the little nugget or storyline is that this is yeah like right, he right. he is not recaptured uh the, when he you know won everyone over that first time. Yeah, and you know different course now, different. But yeah, it, it was it's weird that when he was sixteen, he finished sixteenth or seventeen or however, fifth, maybe he was fifteen. I don't know. Uh, and he and he still hasn't uh, still hasn't gotten back there. Okay, two youngest winners ever at this tournament, and they've both been fairly recently. Mm. Is Aaron Aaron Wise last year? Is that one of them? Yep. Yep. Aaron Wise and uh, is it another college golfer that we talk about a lot? Well, we talk about him a lot, but no, not not co- not because of his college career. Mm. Mark Leishman, Tiger Woods. What? Nineteen ninety-seven. He beat a fellow named Lee Rinker by two strokes at the GTE Byron Nelson Golf Classic. And was it in the calendar? It was after the Masters. It was, I believe, after the Masters, yeah. He just, yeah, he just won so much. It's he, absurd. He just started mowing down the PGA Tour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you had a stretch there. 95, Ernie Els wins. 96, Phil Mickelson wins. And 97, Tiger wins. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty good group of winners. Who are okay. our last no, I, couple? Do I? Who are our last couple? Who was it before Aaron Wise? Uh, Billy Horschel, Sergio, and Stephen Bowditch, and Brendan Todd, and Sangmin Bay. Mm. Okay. I mean, so. not all Hall of Famers there, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many times do you think the namesake of this tournament, Byron Nelson, actually won this tournament? Feels like a trick. I'm going to say zero. Uh, he won it once. Okay. He won the f- very first one when it was called... The Texas Victory Open, which is an incredible name. And then the next year, it was changed to the Dallas Open. Sam Snead won it. That was in 1945. Somebody named Jug McSpaden finished second in both years. Poor poor old Jug couldn't get past Byron Nelson and Sam Snead in the first two years of this tournament. Jug or Jug? Jug, J-U-G. Oh. Hell yeah. <laughs> I knew you would love that. <laughs> uh, and then the next year it was changed to the Dallas Invitational and Ben Hogan won it. So your first three winners of this event were Byron Nelson, Sam Snead, and Ben Hogan. Then they didn't play it for like eight years. And then, uh, yeah, it's had more names than... I mean, it's had a it's had a lot of names. It wasn't it wasn't named the Byron Nelson until 1968. And where was it before Journey Forest? Uh, oh, it was at um, TPC Four Seasons, which was I mean, honestly, like it was probably the worst course on the PGA Tour. <laughs> Flames. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, it, it was like it, it, and I mean that like anecdotally, but also whenever they do those like. Uh, anonymous player votes like it was it was like pretty consistently voted the worst the worst stop on the tour well you hinted at it a little bit i do want to bring some attention back to that so 
the way that this course is set up, if there's not like it is, it is one of those courses where the greens are not going to be fast because the course is set up to try and capture uh, some of those howling Texas winds. And if you don't have those winds, then it's just uh, it's go time for this field. And while the field, you know, we were we threw out a, a couple of names. Yeah, I said Keith Mitchell. We do have like Brooks Kepka. We do have Spieth. We do have Patrick Reed, Henrik Stenson, uh, Hideki. Aaron Wise, Sung J M, my guy, mm. Sung Sung J M uh, over your boy Charles Howell the third head to head, cash it last week. Yeah, did you have that? Yeah, that's that was solid. I mean, I think I'm just looking for Sung J M head to heads until the market <laughs> catches up to him. <laughs> Auto so fire. <laughs> To your to your point, the top five on the leaderboard: Aaron Wise, Mark Leishman, Brandon Grace, JJ Spawn, and Keith Mitchell. Your boy. Uh, they all shot all four rounds in the sixties, and each of them had at least had a sixty-three or better in in at least one round. Unbelievable. So Aaron Wise had a sixty-three. Mark Leishman had a sixty-one. Brandon Grace had a sixty-two. JJ Spawn and Keith Mitchell both had sixty-threes, and they all shot all four rounds in the sixties. So I mean, it's just a it's just a you know, a festival, a festival of birdies. <laughs> What's, uh, do you have any, have you started to circle any of your players to watch? Yeah, I'm, I'm picking, uh, well, do you want to do picks right now or after we get Sean on? Mm, we can do that. We we can wait till we get Sean on. Does he, is he yeah, going to be there? Huh? Is he going to be there? No, he's not going to be there, but I just, I want to, I want to deliver my, my winner to him in person. Like, I, I want him to hear when I say it. Oh, he's in the quiet booth right now. So it's Hideki, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's about to hear it and he's going to listen to it. Booth. Yeah. He's, <laughs> we're going to let Sean out of the quiet booth so that, uh, he can, he can hear this Hideki pick right after this. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
And now let's welcome back friend of the show, Sean Martin, PJTour.com. Sean was on the scene for Max Homa's win in Charlotte. Uh, part of the, he was the insider for some for PGA Tour coverage of the event. At what point in the tournament do you think that you uh, started gathering, cobbling together your notes? At what point did you feel like this was going to be a career-changing moment for Max Homa? Well, it was kind of crazy, uh, you know, because we were kind of bouncing back and forth between the, you know, Rory was three groups up, kind of figured, he thought he was going to make a charge. Um, and then you had three co-leaders, so they're spaced out between groups. So, and Quill Hollow kind of goes back and forth a lot where you can kind of bounce between holes, bounce between those three groups. And, you know, so I watched Max, uh, birdie 10, made like a 15-footer, gave a good fist pump. Uh, he's not, he's unabashed about how much he idolized Tiger growing up. And you could definitely see some, like, Tiger kind of manners and Tiger fist pumps. Uh, so he made that 15-footer, and then 11, he hits three wood and he kind of sends it last and it doesn't look like a great tee shot. And you're kind of like, Ugh. uh, and then up ahead, like Justin Rose flags one. He's starting to make a little move. Um, I was watching that. And then I watched the, the 12th hole, um, guys play that hole. And you're kind of like, well, you know, he just hit that tough tee shot. I'm curious to see what happens when I see him on 12 green where I'm standing. And then all of a sudden, uh, Wells Fargo or Quill Hollow has those little two man leaderboards. Like they have at Augusta on each hole. And you're like, oh, he's 15 under. He birdied 11 where I thought he might be in trouble. Like, this thing's pretty much his unless he, you know, he stumbles coming in. He's got like a three-shot lead at this point. So, really, once that happened, you're like, it's, I look, turn to a guy next to me. I'm like, well, I'm going to follow Max because either way, he's the story. Either he wins this thing and, and he's a big star or he loses this three-shot lead. And, and it's kind of a tough story, kind of a little bit of heartbreak. But, I mean, he kind of took control there at 11. Uh, golf Twitter was – very excited about the Max Homa win, and um, it was cool. It's a cool story. It's a great story. Uh, do, he's a great, in, yeah. I mean, he's he's a in, great in, guy. He shows the value of just being very open and honest on social media. Yes, and in, and in person. And so, I guess my question for you is: Did you feel like just in being there and and kind of absorbing it all? Did we are we making too much or too little, or are, are we doing it the right way? Like doing it the appropriate amount of of Homa winning this tournament? No, I think it's good. I think he, uh, I hate man of the people type language, but I mean he kind of really is. Like he he uses Twitter in the way that we kind of hope that all athletes use Twitter, and obviously some guys you know, when you reach a certain level, you just don't have time for it. There's so many other things pulling at you and other responsibilities and you have to get away and clear your head um, because the life of a top 10 player is just full of so much noise that I, I understand why these guys back off. You've, you you got to get away from it at some point to keep your sanity. But um, he definitely uses it the way that we all wish athletes did. And also, I mean, he's just genuinely funny. Like it's not some, he doesn't need a marketing manager to run his Twitter account. He he's really witty and clever on his own. Uh, he graduated Cal obviously. So he's got, a, got a little book smart and he's just, he's not afraid to be honest of, you know, guys learn these cliches and stuff to, to kind of veil what they're really feeling. Cause you're taught to, you know, you don't want to doubt, you got to believe in yourself, all these things. And these guys do, but at the same time, when you're playing so poorly, these doubts do creep in, but a lot of guys don't want to communicate them because they don't want to, focus on them but max has been he's been willing to to share it all to air it all out and and he's just very very real about it and i think people appreciate that he the way that i described it to chip is that he is he's as 
like I, I think maybe this is wrong, but I, he appears to be as thoughtful and self-aware as somebody like Rory or Spieth, but his, like his life is much more relatable to us, to you and me than those guys' lives. And so I think that makes totally. him sort of like what you said, a, a kind of the, you know, the, the people's choice or whatever. Yeah, I think so. He's got this great mind. We see it on Twitter. Obviously he's very clever. Um, but that mind can be like his greatest asset and his greatest weakness in a sense of that, you know, he does really think things through. And so when things are going bad, like they were in 2017, he kind of, you know, he started spiraling and thinking like, well, what if I have to go back to Q school or what if I miss or, um, you know, Portland last year, when he buried the last four holes to qualify for web.com tour finals, he admitted that he was thinking like, what happens if I don't get through Q school? Is this over almost? Is this, you know, am I not going to make it? Um, so at the same time, he had great self-belief that he would. You still have to doubt. But then at the same time, that mind, when he is playing well, is his greatest strength. I talked to his swing coach after uh, after he won. And what he said is that when they started working back together again in 2017, he told Max, like, all right, look, we're going to get your swing sorted out. And then once we do that, you can kind of go back to being the Max Homa that we all know. Because talking to people from his past, like his college teammates, he was always a great closer. And we saw that at the Wells Fargo. You have a guy who's like playing in contention for the first time on the PGA tour. And he handled it like a veteran. I mean, he was rock solid. Yeah. He all his short putts. Um, and they said, you saw the same stuff in college, the NCAAs, he closed out the NCAA title, like a champ. You saw it pack 12. He shot this 61 at LA country club, which doesn't mean a lot to most people, but that course is going to host the Open <laughs> in a few years. Um, a college coach said that, you know, the scoring average was 73 that day when he shot 61. So 12 strokes gained on the field, if you will. And he said when he saw it on the leaderboard, he thought that they weren't done like transitioning the leaderboard from like the member guest. And that the 61 was like a score left over from that because that was just so <laughs> unfathomable a number. Uh, what, so, are, what, are you, yeah. what are you writing the book about this Pac 12 championship? Man, well, I, like he, Max was in the sweet spot when I was covering uh, college golf for, for Golf Week. And that Cal team was dominant. They won like, I think, 11 or 12 times. They like your Cowboys. They would have won the NCLA title easily if it had been stroke play, uh, but they lost to Thomas Peters' Illinois team in the semis. But I went out to Berkeley one for a couple of days to cover them and cover this team. And I don't know what to do with this. It's just a funny story. But we went out and I watched them practice, and it was like 35 degrees out. I have this great memory of Max Homa and Michael Kim. Uh, Michael Kim's holding the tee up. And Max is nailing it into the ground with his driver because, like, literally the ground was frozen. They probably shouldn't have let them go play, but the course let them go play. Like, one of the guys hit a seven iron and bounced like twenty feet in the air. I've never seen anything like it. Went off the green, <laughs> but anyways, just random Max Homa memories. Uh, but he's a great guy to have known for that long because he's the same now as he was in college. You mentioned that's, uh, that's great. You mentioned Rory McIlroy. Everyone thought he was going to make a charge. Justin Rose made some noise. You know. World golf rankings aside, just sort of Sean Martin's view of the golf world, who do you think is the best player in golf right now on May 7th? You want me to, you want Brooks to come after me? Is that what's happening? You're trying to set me up for like a Brandel Brooks type thing here? Well, we are going to discuss uh, the Brandel Brooks uh, fracas in a little bit. But first, I just want to know like your your take on, because th- there's an argument to be made for uh 
you know, a lot of like Rory McIlroy with all of his top tens and the win at the players. You could say he's the best player in golf right now. You could say Justin Rose is the best player in golf right now. Dustin okay. Johnson is the best player in golf right now. I, I, I want everybody to, ha- to have to answer this. Sean can go first, but I want I want to hear Chip's take too. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna qualify it, but I'm gonna go. If Tiger is healthy, I, I'm gonna go Tiger. <laughs> I mean, Kyle tweeted out the stats yesterday about his performance in majors. I mean, if you just told me, hey, there's a guy who went sixth, second, and first in the last three majors, and he's won two of his last seven starts on the PGA Tour, I mean, that's the best player in the world, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go, this is shocking, but I'm going to go Rory. Um, oh. <laughs> he he, he uh, also has a major this year, and um. And he's, I mean, he's leading the world in, or he's leading the PGA Tour in, in strokes gain. But, and it's not close. Like, that's the thing. It's like he, his 2.7 strokes, and I know it doesn't take into account Augusta, but him being at 2.7 strokes gain when only t- three guys are over two, I mean, that's, that's crazy. Like, that is, that's a crazy amount. And I just think that, you know, I, I think that because he didn't play that well at the Masters, we're sort of like, nah, you know. But he's got eight top eight top tens and nine appearances. I'm going to go with Rory. I'm going DJ. That 73, though, that 73, though, was really disappointing on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to overthink it too much. I think Dustin Johnson's still the best player in the world. He's my pick to win at the PGA. And... uh and I and I think that that was the even though he wasn't able to you know chase down or or be able to play keep up on Sunday at the Masters he was still T two right like it strokes gained what what's Dustin Johnson in the strokes gained right now Kyle he's second yeah two point three yeah and he and that doesn't count the T two at Augusta after shooting a sixty eight on Sunday so I'm I I'm not gonna overthink it he is the world number one right now and uh, I think he's the best player in the world. I like that. It's good. I love I the Tiger answer. I think I think Tiger like I don't know. It it sounds both crazy and not crazy. I th- I think I think there's a real case to be made for him as not only the best player in the world but that he should be the favorite at the next three majors. Not just because like the Tiger deal where like everybody wants to back him or whatever so they have to lower his odds but like legitimately should be the favorite because it's at Beth Page because it's at Pebble and because he's gonna play well at, at Open Championships I think for a long time. Um, okay, before we do Trinity Forest picks, do you have any Brandel Kepka thoughts, Sean? You know, I think it was fun and, and entertaining. Uh, I do think he, I mean you do have to question why a guy who's won three majors why you don't consider that he can. Uh, I guess challenge Tiger. I think that is questionable. And I, I thought that, I mean, we want more openness from our athletes on social media, right? So I thought it was funny in, in that sense. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it's just, there's, yeah. I, it was good. It's just, it's unfortunate. See, you do have to wonder. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't quite know what it is with Brandel and Brooks. I mean, some of the, the takes that were coming out at Masters Week were, they were they were hot, uh, and I don't know what he doesn't see in Brooks's 
makeup, I guess. There's a lot of intangibles. I mean, even with, like, Max, who are talking about these intangibles, like, you know, we want to try to explain everything. We've got strokes gained. We've got shot length. We can analyze every shot. But at some point, there are certain intangibles that people just possess. And, and Brooks seems to have those, um, you know, just, we did finally win another regular tour event to confirm that he was a well-rounded enough player to not only win majors, uh, which of course is, you know, that's a, a horrible problem to have. And then he's finished second a couple of times. He's been on every major leaderboard. It feels like for like the last two years, it's not just that he won the three majors. It's like, uh, I think he's been top 20 in like 12 or top 25 in like 12 of his last 15 majors or something. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. So I, I don't know where it comes from. I don't. I don't know. It, it's interesting though. I like it because Brandel is very seasoned at uh, sort of getting into it like this, and Brooks is not. And it almost feels a little bit like, um, like he like he was talking loud enough to get the the Brooks monster to come out of its cave. And I like to see the Brooks monster out of its cave. And if sports are entertainment, I mean, I know golf isn't used to this, but if sports are entertainment, we need villains, we need rivalries, we need, you know, you need that. You have it in every other sport. So I think that, you know, people love to sit back in the corner and go, oh, like, snap. But, like, that is entertaining <laughs> for people to watch, I think. That was my impression of someone watching a fight. Um, yeah, so I think, I think for, like, the sake of the game, it, it provides an interesting storyline because usually things are so... I guess, genteel, if you will. So it's definitely entertaining. I mean, I do think, I mean, Brandel's well-researched. Brandel knows his stuff, but I don't necessarily agree with all of his conclusions, all of his takes. And so I think that, you know, he isn't infallible. So I think it's fine to disagree with him on this Brooks stuff. Well, and in yeah, this uh, in this content environment, there is, uh, when you're always having to provide takes and you're always having to take big swings, sometimes... Uh, I have worked with people who they come across uh, what they believe to be one particularly glaring or damning stat, and they'll just ride it. And they'll ride it in their mind even to say, well, for the sake of the general conversation, it's like they feel a calling. They're like, no, I I, want to put this wrinkle in. I want to play devil's advocate to this. I want to present this contrarian uh, point just so that it is part of the ether and part of the conversation. And so I don't fault Brandel for playing that role. Again, he's played it before. But I think this is the first time that we've seen Brooks on the opposite end of it. And Brooks is Brooks is the perfect person for it. I know you guys mentioned this, but like if this was, I don't know, Spieth or Rory, like those guys would be like, oh yeah, you know that is a good point about my strokes gained approach shots. Or if it was DJ, he'd be like, you know, I'd whatever. I'd I don't even this uh, who's Brandel. And but with Brooks, it's like he cares just enough that it like bothers him, but yeah. not so. I don't know. It's like the perfect person for it to happen to. I agree. Um, all right. Uh, this weekend? Tr- uh, yeah, Nelson picks. Sean? What do you got, Sean? I'm going to go Keith Mitchell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we've, been, we've been talking about him the entire show. <laughs> yeah. I, have you really? Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh. Uh, and I know Brooks is in the field. Brooks is like the obvious pick. But I think I always call like Keith Mitchell is like kind of Brooks Jr. Like he's got the Nike flap rim. He's kind of, you know, 
beefy, big off the tee, mashes it. Uh, you probably could confuse <laughs> the two of them if you were at the Nelson, you didn't have a tee sheet, and you were like 100 yards away. Um, but I think, and you would know better about our Dallas meteorological forecast, but I believe it's been pretty rainy there. Uh, is that correct? Uh, it maybe I don't. I haven't looked. <laughs> you live in Dallas, don't you? Is it, yeah, anyway, it's so, been. It, it's been nice. It's been great. It's like 70, no rain, sunny. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, Trinity obviously played a little soft last year, and, you know, it, it's made, it's the Andy Johnson School of Architecture, mega width. Um, but if that does play a little soft at all, it allows guys just to match it off the tee. So you want to take a guy with good stroking off the tee numbers. That's Brooks. That's Keith Mitchell. Um, so to give the people their money's worth, I'm going to go Keith Mitchell because any baboon can pick Brooks. That's an easy pick. Man. I'm going I'm going to Hideki. Yeah, there we go. What, what uh, what's the Hideki reading right boy, now? But I appreciate it. What what did you say, Chip? What's the Hideki reading right now? How's what's 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 the temperature of Hideki's game? Well here here's my deal a, with Hideki. Go ahead, Sean. I am just gonna say I've gotta be honest, the the can Hideki win question is starting to take on like a different tone, if that makes sense. <laughs> here's my thing with the deck you like I, I think that this is a place where i mean i don't know i i just i think that you saw last year like it's just ball striking ball striking ball striking I and mean, we saw we saw it from leishman we saw it from we saw it from keith mitchell last year he finished in the top five and hideki is i mean the numbers on him right now are kind of staggering he's number three from tita green on the pga tour rory's one jt's two and the problem, obviously, being that he's number 177 on like with his putter. So it's not good. But I but I think that I think it I think it gets mitigated a little bit at a place like this. So I'm just I'm gonna bank on the tee to green and uh, yeah, I'll say he gets his. Would it be his first one since Bridgestone two years ago? Yeah, yeah, we're going on wow. two years, two dark years on Hideki Island. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go Hideki. Give me Kevin Na. T six last year. Uh T ten at Harbortown. Number one in uh in viral videos and in my heart, Kevin Na. Let's go. Hideki shot a, a sixty three here last year, by the way. Second round sixty three. I think everyone was shooting 63 though in the second round last year. There was a lot of 63s. Brandon Grace dropped to 62. Yeah. There was a 61 out there on the board. Well, all right. How about this? Uh, for, for the group, over under lowest score that we see at the Byron Nelson this week, 61 and a half. Oh, oh. Uh, oh I'll go over. Uh, if I bump it up to 62 and a half. Oh. Uh, As you know, the weather plays a huge factor in these things. I really don't feel comfortable making the prediction. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over. I think they played it a little soft last year to kind of ease guys into it. There might be a little more fire into it, so I'm going to say a little I, bit higher. I think they will play it a little harder this year. I agree. I agree with that. I'm I'm over. Do you think uh, the three of us playing a scramble could beat Romo at Trinity Forest this weekend? Nice. That's a yeah, lot. I do too. No doubt. What yeah. are, What do you think that Roma's scores are going to be, Sean? 
he's a member here. That helps. Uh, I think we'll see a little better. I think I'm going to say we get under. I'm going to set the over under at one fifty two and a half. So that'd be like seventy five, seventy six, something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna go under. Yeah, I'm gonna go under as well. I've got him at like seventy two, seventy seven. Does he beat anyone? Yes. Is Duval playing? <laughs> I mean, it's a hundred and fifty six player I, field. I think he beats someone. I think he'll beat someone. Yes. Yeah, I do. I do too. Is that going to be the in the first round? It's going to be a Steph Curry. He'll beat some people in the first round. Maybe not shoot seventy one, but he'll beat someone in the first round. But then second round, it might as the sample gets larger, uh, might end up behind everyone. Mm. Um, any anything else from the notebook, Sean? Any anyone flying under the radar? Any stories that you're tracking right now? Uh, the Joel Damon story is a cool one. He gave a great interview, man. He he's up there with Max as far as. Uh, just like very open, very honest. You have a guy who he survived with testicular cancer when he was a pro. His mother passed away uh, from cancer when he was in high school. He spent five years on the Canadian tour. You know, he was in contention. He was tied for the league going the last round. And he goes, man, like I've experienced life and death and this is not it. And you're like, wow, very good. Very good quote. Uh, and so just great perspective of like, you know, we do make such a big deal out of this and, treat it probably give it more attention or, or treat it like a bigger deal than it is. And that was really refreshing to hear. And then he's talking about, he's from a small town, like the Washington, Idaho border. And people were asking like, Oh, are you going to be nervous to win? And he goes, and, and he was, of course, I mean, you're, it's a lifelong dream you're trying to fulfill, but he's like, man, like they got free food inside. Uh, I get to hit, <laughs> hit pro V ones on the range. Like I have this great life. Like this just doesn't happen for guys from, from where I'm from, from Clarkson, Washington. Uh, and it's just really cool to hear. So he, I mean, he's up there with Max as far as uh, just really refreshing, really honest, a good follow on Twitter. Um, yeah. Joel Dahman beat, like Max, beat just beat out Justin Rose, Sergio Garcia, Ricky Fowler, Paul Casey, and others for the uh, Wells Fargo Championship. So heck of a week for he, him. He was great. He, he was great too because he's like, look, the top 10 players in the world, they're way better than I am. And someone asked like, well, would you want to be one of them? Or do you think you can be one one day? And he goes, I don't know that I want to. He's like, I don't work as hard as they do, but, like, but I enjoy my life. He's married. He travels with his wife. She posts photos of all their, like, they love to go out and eat interesting meals and stuff like that. And he's just like, uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it or like, maybe you don't, you know, it's not the message you give your kid, but he's like, Nah, he's like, I don't want to work much harder than I am. Like, I've got a good life. I enjoy it. I love it. And that was cool, too. Because we're always always hearing this message of striving for more, striving for more, striving for more. And it's cool to just hear someone be like, no, like, I've achieved my dreams. I'm happy. I'm content. Know your strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> stay in your lane. Yeah, stay in your lane. Uh, he is I mean, strong. Really, though, oh, go ahead. Is, no, I was going to say, really, I mean, it's what hurt Max when he came out of college was he felt like he had to get so much better. That's where his yeah. game went downhill. And I, you see with a lot of college players of, like, they come out here and I'm like, oh, you got to get so much better. Everyone hits it 340 yards. Everyone hits their long irons 150 yards in the air and lands them on a dime. And they stop right away. And, and that's the biggest problem. A lot of these guys, sometimes when they come out of colleges, these studs, they think they have to get so much better that they actually end up getting a lot worse. And, and Max admits that's what happened to him. And basically he's back to playing the same game he played in college. He just unfortunately had to 
lose it for a little while. So I think Joel's advice or Joel's perspective, I think would suit a lot of guys who come out with that talent of like, Hey, like, yeah, work at it, but don't chase every possible way to improve because at some point it can cost you everything golf wise. Great stuff from Sean Martin. You can follow him on Twitter at PGA Tour S Martin. You can follow him at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. Thank you.